What's up, Collectors Worldwide? And welcome to another amazing segment here on Everyone Collects, the podcast where myself and my good friend and co-host Kevin discuss the many topics dealing with collecting and the hobby in itself. We will discuss some of the good and some of the not-so-good dealing with collecting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the series. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode here on Everyone Collects. Uh, of course, you have myself, Adrian, and my wonderful co-host, Kevin. Hello, everybody. And today's episode is actually episode number six, and it is titled, I Want It and I Need It, No Matter the Cost. That title will obviously makes sense when we start talking about some of the topics with today's episode. Um... Just as a kind of a warning slash PSA for anybody that's going to be listening to this episode um, or just starts listening into our series and stuff, um, this episode is completely opinionated between myself and Kevin. And some of the topics that we'll be discussing, um, you know, some people might not feel the same way, and that's perfectly fine. But we just want to let everybody know that we aren't actually attacking anybody here. Um, you know, we're not calling anybody out. We're not, you know, saying we don't like certain kind of people and stuff. Again, this is all opinionated and it's all things that Kevin and I have dealt with in the collecting um, business as we have in the, in the time that we have collected. So just kind of as a warning PSA for anybody listening to this. You know, our, our objective is not to offend anybody or make anybody mad. Again, this is a fun show, but this episode is kind of going to be kind of a serious one uh, just because of some of the topics that we will be talking about. Um, but they are very important to collecting and hobby, and it affects everybody. Um, so just to let everybody know, the topics we have are, there's four of them, Um the topics we have are the effect of FOMO, which if nobody knows what FOMO is, it's fear of missing out, um, and also new to market collectibles, so the effect of those. Um, how that affects the collecting community, um, we're going to speak about uh, people in the collecting community, uh, particularly flippers, resellers, scammers, and the differences, so we will explain the differences between uh, those those kind of people. And also we're gonna talk about market manipulation and pretty much what that deals with is things like eBay and other selling platforms, kind of uh, prices being affected in odd ways and stuff like that. Um, so that's what Kevin and I will be talking about today. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing today? Living the dream. Just Living the dream? Another Friday night, another uh, weekend of of chaos coming up. I wish I wish I had a weekend of doing nothing, but I have a wedding tomorrow that I'm in. And, oh wow! Who's, know, getting, that's, who, who's getting married? My brother actually is getting oh, married. Oh, yeah. 
yeah so that's that's going to be fun just doing that and uh well honestly that's the only thing i got to do this weekend so sunday will be my relaxation day uh you know how how is everything going on your end uh i'm good i'm still on call this week for work so you know i felt like i was done already at the beginning of the week when i got called out on monday but I'm not going to complain. I definitely got some overtime pay for Monday. So, so far, I'm looking at about eight hours of overtime pay for this upcoming next week's paycheck. So, uh, that shouldn't be too bad. So, I do know tomorrow I am going to be going out to the lake with my wife and children to my wife's friend's party-type ordeal. So, of course, I will be you know, taking my work truck and uh, everything with me just in case I happen to do get called out. So hopefully not, but you never know. We'll see. So, yeah. um, but that's good. Okay, so get into the topic. Again, this is going to be juicy. going to be, you know, like I said, some people might not like this, but this is just how we feel. Um, like I said. Uh, I might cry because this is a very serious uh, episode, you know, just joking. I, I'm okay. not going to cry. I, he might, he's going to have some tears, though. This uh, this, this podcast might 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 get a little emotional. The <laughs> good thing is, if I do shed tears, no one would know, unless I make it obvious that I'm shedding tears. Yeah, people you know will be I mean? people will be able to listen to the tone of your voice, Kevin, and just. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, so to get started, um, the first topic we're going to be talking about is the effect of FOMO slash uh, new-to-market collectibles. So, again, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, it is the acronym for fear of missing out. Pretty much what that means in the collecting world is what it is. You know, people have this fear, this kind of scare tactic that they're going to miss out on this brand new stuff that just comes out. Now, FOMO is a very real thing, and oh yeah, um, just like we were talking about last week in last week's episode about you know some of the pros and cons of collecting. Now, you know some of the cons are that you know people end up spending every last dime they have on you know these collectibles and stuff, and FOMO is actually a big heavy hitter for that kind of stuff because. In any kind of collecting industry, which I've seen a lot more, is is obviously the TCG, the TCG world, which is trading card game, and I see that a lot in the TCG world because brand new stuff comes out all the time, and people are scared they're going to miss out, and, and and you know they want to get their hands on it first, and you know that that's what FOMO does. FOMO, you know, new to market stuff like. People just want to be the first ones, you know. That's like it's like a it's like a personal goal of people that they're like, I gotta get my hands on it. But unfortunately, with most stuff, you know, nowadays, you know, everything is outsourced. Everything is overseas and stuff like that through Japan and everything. So a lot of TCGs, especially Pokemon, is based out of Japan first. You know, Pokemon ends up making a set. The Japanese version comes out first, like recently the uh, Pokemon set 151 just came out a couple weeks ago. And of course, people were going bonkers over this set because they needed it and had a habit. And so what happens is, which we'll talk about another topic 
uh, today with that, but like market manipulation, market manipulation, you know, getting your say that five times. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's hard enough to say it once, um, but you know, people need to get their hands on this new stuff because they are afraid they're going to miss out on this stuff, and you know. I, I, I would say honestly, maybe 90% of the time, it's not even for the good. You know, if you're getting your hands on something that's very limited, okay, I, I, understandable. You know, you can have that fear. I get FOMO all the time, but I never act on it because either I can't afford whatever it is I want, or I do research and I find out that, hey, this company's mass producing this product don't worry about it. You know, I, I, I talked to a lot of people about that stuff and they're just like, sit back and relax. You know, they're like, you know, things will die down, prices will go down. And that usually happens with a lot of the stuff, you know, especially with TCG stuff, you know, it first comes out, people are selling it like crazy for a high dollar amount. And eventually time goes by and people end up getting the set or whatever, and it just dies out. And then Honestly, it, it, it's a lot cheaper to just buy uh, the single cards that you want from the set, and it'll be a lot less money than what you originally would have played with. So, Kevin, what have you seen with like FOMO and stuff, like especially with like uh, sports, you know, cards or anything? Oh, like FOMO is such a bad thing, and it's a it's a real thing. Uh, I myself, I. I like to say, this is literally a name that gets thrown around in my household. I've been known as Mr. FOMO because <laughs> I will literally see something and be like, oh man, this person has this, or oh man, this is coming out. Whether it's, you know, a set of cards, um, you know, anything that I collect, like, sh especially shoes as well. Like I say, oh man, I really need these things. And then it's always, at least for my situation, you know, I will literally have that moment where I look over my right shoulder and it's the devil saying, go ahead and buy it. You know, what's, what's it, what's it going to kill you? It's just a few bucks. And then yeah. I have like that angel, which is actually my wife that's saying, wait till it goes down you know it if mm -hmm. it's really meant for you wait two weeks or wait a month and then maybe right. it'll go down and nine times out of ten unfortunately and she will tell you she's right I, she's right but <laughs> but also f for me i also have had moments where that fomo has won the battle and it's literally you know, a bad feeling when, like, for me, I will literally get something and then I'll say, like, man, I should have waited. Or, uh, you know, or you have those moments where you get this one thing and then a better version of it or something much cooler comes oh, yeah. out a week later. Oh, so, yeah. you know, FOMO is definitely a real thing. And I know like besides myself, I know there are people who say like, oh, I need to get this by hook or crook. Meaning no matter what way they get it, mm -hmm. or they will try to get it. And, you know, and I think that definitely plays a big role in the production of, of certain things, not just sports cards, but also TCG. You know, mm -hmm. if you notice, if you notice, 
uh, Pokemon cards aren't readily—they're they're available, but they're mm-hmm. not readily available like they did, like they were 10, oh, yeah. 12 years ago. And right. that's because people are stealing them. Like I, there, there's <laughs> yeah. been so many times where I've been to Walmart and like there's been packs of cards that have been ran through and like like i've seen it to where if like the whole pack isn't stolen like they literally will open it and then it looks like they look to see what cards are in it and it's mm-hmm. like well that defeats the purpose you know what i mean oh, yeah. or yeah you know or people will go out of their way just to you know steal something and like you said oh, a lot of a lot of you know just just go out of the way just to not even think about what's in there they just ruin it for everyone so like fomo fomo is a serious thing and i think unfortunately as as the market gets bigger and saturated and then you know the card makers or not just card makers but anything that is really in demand that's getting you know such attention to where they are seeking they are seeing people going high and low to get that certain thing they're going to make it less available you know what i mean right you know like if i'm collecting if i want a certain perfect example of hellcat but thirty-five thousand people are wanting that same hellcat that's one in 400 (laughs) then the next go round they're going to be like guess what we're going to make it one in 200 try to get it so fomo is a serious thing yeah so then that's going to go into our second topic which is how that affects the collecting community so with fomo and stuff like that how it really affects the collecting community um obviously i believe in my opinion it affects it in a very negative way um because like you said you know pokemon cards back then were were readily available and these days they're very difficult to get and i mean Obviously, now it's not even the English sets that are hard to get. It's the Japanese sets because, first off, they're overseas. You know, you have people that actually have distributors and stuff, you know, that they can contact. People are getting hookups, you know, this and that. And honestly, like I said, I, there's there's an instance that I will talk about here shortly um, with the, uh, one of the other topics. Um, but it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing and it's sad. But you know, it really affects the community in such a bad way because the people out there that actually do collect, you know, with the intent to collect something. So say like with Pokemon, there are people out there that get Pokemon for the intent of making their collection or maybe completing a set. And so there are people out there that will go out and buy a mass amount of Pokemon cards because their main objective is they want to be able to complete the set. There are people out there that have complete sets of every single era of Pokemon, doesn't matter what set it is, all the way back to Wizards of the Coast, you know? And these people have have a mission. They want to complete it. And so they go out there and do that. But the problem is the effect of FOMO with that, it, it's, not, it's not really negative for those kind of people because it, it, they're not they're not one they're not the type of people who are like i gotta have it i gotta have it you know before anybody else no those are the kind of people that will sit back relax open up pokemon cards knowing that they want to complete a set but it, 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 they realize that like you know the hype is crazy but the problem is you get the people that do want like certain cards 
and they are unfortunately they're the rare ones they're the ultra rares they're the hyper rares whatever you want to call it they're the secret rares they're the one they're like the one of the few cards in the set that everybody and their mama is going to be after and they want that card so what they do is they have that fomo effect they have to buy stuff they 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 go out they buy it they try and find it and they open up thousands and thousands of packs i mean i watch youtubers that open up just an immense amount of pokemon cards now obviously they have the funds for it so they can sit there and take a loss and some of them do in fact open up sets in order to complete a set of pokemon but after that they realize that okay there's a chase card you know so like there's a set out there called evolving skies with pokemon it's sword and shield evolving skies and of course the one big hit card is a uh, umbreon card and this umbreon card is gorgeous beyond belief but the card at some point fetches almost 600 plus dollars raw and graded is beyond belief you know i've seen some where they're asking a thousand to two thousand dollars for a graded umbreon vmax card now again this card looks gorgeous it's great but of course it's the number one chase card of that particular set of evolving skies and people go after that and so fomo kind of loses its whole aspect after you know a set's been out for a while obviously but it, it i believe honestly it affects people in the collecting community in such a negative way because you have people out there that are either actually trying to complete a set or you have people out there that are just buying up everything because they know it's going to fetch a good amount of money or whatever the hell it might be. But the collecting community, sometimes it's lost its whole kind of meaning of collecting. And I know you can't see this, but I'm doing air quotes here because there are a lot of people that claim they're collectors, but really they're not. So, but what are your thoughts on, on how it affects the collecting community, Kevin? So I'm gonna take a a, a slight turn to the right of this. Okay. Instead of saying then, like, I know it's easy to say the effects of FOMO in the collective mm-hmm. community, but while FOMO, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of negative things for FOMO and mm-hmm. towards the collective industry or community, I meant to say, and you've hit it out the park with everything. But I would also say if it wasn't for FOMO, the I would say a lot of things would not there would not be a, a continuation of certain things because of the fact that people are going out and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to get this, you know, set, this set of Pokemon cards because of those individuals who go out of their way to. Yes, unfortunately, for those who are just true blue collectors and are just like, you know what, I'd rather just open a pack than have to go through the fight of whatever, you know, right now. It 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 also collects, there's a saying that controversy collects or generates cash. FOMO generates more products, if, you, if, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Because right. of because of those individuals who want those, you know, rarefied Japanese cards, 
mm-hmm. you know, it makes those individuals who make those cards over in Japan say, hey, well, clearly there's a market in America for these cards. Guess what? We're going to make more cards, you know, to, we're going to make more, you know, our product is, we're going to create more products, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, that's why I said slight right, because there's also, you know, you hit it right on the head where you said YouTube definitely uh, shows those people who has the money and they're like, you know, hey, I'm going to go out of my way and go to a million different places to find a certain set that, you know, I I watch I watch it all the time and they also are not helping the situation, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. I feel like it drives more of the FOMO. Because, oh, yeah. you know, not to throw a YouTuber out to whatever, but for me, like, I'll watch Pokey Red. I don't know if it'll... <laughs> I love Pokey Red. I love Pokey Red. And, you know, that guy is... Okay. As, as sorry if you heard that noise. I just literally got excited and flipped the pencils off my desk. <laughs> you know, I watch. I will literally watch them for four hours oh, yeah. at night, and will be like, "Oh my gosh, he literally has this." Oh, let me go online and see if I can get this. Oh man, do I really need to spend this for this pack? <laughs> and that creates the FOMO. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's in. You know, we live in a society now where FOMO is definitely big now. But, you know, as a kid, we we had FOMO. You know, for me, you know, little kid Patrick had the best Pokemon cards. And I said, oh, my gosh, I need those cards. You know, begging mom and dad for those cards. Taking money from siblings, you know, just to, <laughs> just to collect, just get a pack of cards. So, you know, the effects on the community, it's a good and bad thing, you know, which we can spend the whole entire show just going on the effects of the collecting community because we have felt it. And I know that's going into the next, that's definitely the next topic of the whole thing is the effects, you know, what those not so nice collecting people do with those collections. You know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm. We we definitely the effects on the community. It's it, I it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing. You know the good things are it yeah. creates more it creates more products and opportunities. But the bad mm-hmm. thing, of course, is you know you you have those individuals who take the fun, and I think that's yeah. the general overall bad thing. Is it just takes the fun out of it, right? It, you know, back in our day, not to sound like. You know that grizzly old 34 year old man but back in our day when we were kids we didn't have to we didn't choose to hop online to figure out when was the new pack coming out i don't think it was even available then you know no, where we could it. find out when there was a new pack. <laughs> you know yeah. i think we would just go to walmart or kmart or gamestop or whatever or whatever we were collecting and be like, it, was, oh, wow. it, was, it was meyer for me yes meyer for me too and like, you just randomly go by the card you go by the card section at the little registers or whatever and you're like oh my god they just got this coming out I did not know that this came out so you know well, I, that's yeah yeah 
So that's going to bring us into our third topic, and this is the, probably the mm. most controversial topic. So we I'm are turning my cat backwards for this because I'm ready to fight on this topic. Yeah. So again, just as everybody knows, these are all opinions and this is experiences that Kevin and I have had. If you are one of these kinds of people, don't get mad at us and start shooting us up or whatever it might be. If you are, come at me because I'm ready. To <laughs> okay, yeah, no, we're going to condone any violence. But so we, <laughs> so I'm joking, don't fight me. So we're going to talk about flippers, resellers, scammers, all those kind of people and the big difference. So so not all three I, are the same and not yeah, all no, three no. are bad not all three are bad no but so i me me personally i like i said i've been dealing with the funko community for five and a half years so when i first started i knew nothing about these freaking toys or these figures or these collectibles and so it, it wasn't until I really started getting into it and I started experiencing everything that I have in the last five and a half years. So it's not just like I woke up one day and boom, I knew all this information. No, I personally have been dealing with this kind of stuff for years and I've been in the Funko community and all these collectible communities and stuff for years. So it's a combination, it, 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 it's all mushed together. So my opinions are very strong about the big differences on these kinds of people now i have been labeled as many types of these kind of people so i myself a lot of funko groups where we kind of we'll just say we kind of raffle off collectibles now Anybody that knows or has been around, obviously there's buy, sell, trade Facebook groups out there for these kind of products. And I mean, there's a ton, but there are other groups out there where you can kind of, you know, kind of, you know, put some money down for a chance to possibly obtain something for that low price, okay? I'm not gonna get into many details and anything like that. I'm just saying, so I've been in these groups for a long time and a lot of products or collectibles that I've gotten in the past, I have actually obtained that way. I have obtained very high value dollar Funko Pops for a very small percentage or very small fraction. So the problem with that is, say I, say I obtain a Funko Pop that's worth $1,000, just for, for instance. Say I put down $10 for a chance to possibly get this pop and say I win. Obviously, net value or my net profit on that is exponential, okay? I spent 10 and got a $1,000 pop for $10, okay? In a lot of people's mind, holy crap, that's awesome. My wife has dealt with that too in the past and she's even baffled sometimes but I don't really I really don't do that stuff anymore that much just because my luck sucks and I can't really obtain anything and also I don't have the money to be just throwing out for that kind of stuff but in a lot of people's eyes say I won I got that pop for you know that's worth a thousand dollars across the board say I needed the funds and I end up throwing that pop back up and giving other people a chance to possibly obtain that pop for whatever value of money, in people's eyes, they would look at me as I'm a flipper. 
because mm -hmm. I obtained a pop or collectible for $10. So why shouldn't I just end up giving it to somebody for $10? But that's not how that works. There's yeah, a huge, there, there, yeah, there's a huge industry for this kind of stuff. And it's not just Funko Pops. There's, there's mm -hmm. these kind of groups for, I'm in a group for Godzilla figures. I'm in a one for Pokemon. I mean, I'm in a lot, you know, and I'm, shoot, I was in one for Legos. People were raffling off Lego sets that were brand new for a fraction of the price. And so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a risk, but I've obtained a lot of stuff in the past for that. And also I've turned them around, but I don't immediately turn them around. There was a lot of pops that I obtained that I won for such a small amount and I kept that in my collection and swore I'd never get rid of it. But when the time did come for me that I needed funds for bills or for something I really wanted or whatever it might be, yes, I in fact turned that around for whatever it might've been. And yes, I made a profit and you know, that is what that is. So I was, you know, a lot of us were labeled as flippers or resellers or whatever. And that's not actually true. See, being, a being a flipper does have a bad tone to it so there are the good sides where say i jump into a game i play for something that i don't even want but i know it has actual value so i'm willing to spend my money to try and obtain this pop that's worth a thousand dollars i don't like it my intent is to then take it and get it and flip it around for money yes i'm a flipper in that sense but i'm not doing it for wrong intention there are people out there that go to uh, Walmarts and Comic Cons and stuff like that, and they do. They obtain Funko Pops at like Comic Cons for retail price, and they throw these pops up in said groups for a huge amount of money because nobody can tell them no. Because Comic Cons are very iffy because they're when a Funko Pop first comes out, and they're especially given out at Comic Cons where you have to purchase them. So say you spend $15 on a Funko Pop, that value of that pop right now is only 15 bucks. But the person who spent the money on plane tickets, spent the money on hotel and taxi cab and food and the tickets alone to the Comic Con doesn't really add up that much, you know, because it's a lot more. So people can charge whatever they want for those pops. Now, you look at eBay, which we'll talk about that in the next topic, but you look at eBay, eBay is the ruler of all what something is a value of. You wanna look up TCG cards, all those apps, TCG player revolves around eBay's recent sale. Funko Pops, you go on Pop Price Guide or PPG or the Funko app itself. The value that it comes on there is because of eBay. And so eBay is the ruler of all sales because every app, every platform uses eBay as a last recent sold kind of format. So being a flipper is not always a bad thing. There are people out there that intentionally do that kind of stuff and they do kind of get a bad rap and they do get looked at them. And sometimes it is a little ridiculous and it does have a negative tone to it. Now resellers, again, there's nothing wrong with resellers. Resellers are like your normal flea market people. And you can't be really mad at them. Resellers do what they do. Like I watch quite a few people. I have a buddy 
that lives actually here in Indiana, and he's actually only a couple hours away, and I've always wanted to go meet him and his wife and see his, I mean, Kevin, this guy, is, his, name is, his name is Clint. If you go on his YouTube, it's Franchise Kicks. And oh my gosh, he, I love him. Yeah, Clint, yeah, big old, big old guy with a beard and stuff. Yes, yes. He, he does Amazon, he buys Amazon crates, him and his yep. wife. Yep. Yeah, he wears, he wears baby gorilla size. Shout out to Franchise Kicks. So I, I watch him that much. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I watch Clint so much. Now lately, I've kind of been like not watching as much, just because I'm more focused on his Funko Pop mystery boxes that he does. And so like yeah. the Amazon stuff and everything, yeah, he's technically a reseller. He spends his money. Him and his wife both spend their money on stuff like that in the intent to resell because they have a business, so they are resellers, which is yeah. fine. And the thing is, they don't mark up the price on anything. They don't. Right. They, right. When he does, when he does his Funko Pops, he uses the Pop Price Guide. But if he gets it, the only time he ever actually marks up a price a little higher than what it is, is if he gets his hands on a very limited edition Funko Pop, and it's mint and everything, like he says, minty. The box is minty and everything else, and he knows that it'll go for a premium. And that's fine. You can't, you can't, you can't harp, you can't harp on the guy for that. I love Clint to death. I've never met the man. I've never met his wife, but I love his stuff. I've been watching him for years, and he's got another, he's got another YouTube channel. It's uh, Franchise TV, mm -hmm. where he he does other stuff. It's just a second bit or a second channel for him to open up stuff. And I mean, he opens up anything, as he says on this channel. I'll open up anything. And so, you know, again, shout out to Clint, Franchise Kicks, and Franchise uh, TV. But he's awesome. Oh, yeah. He is labeled as a reseller. But then we fall into the last category, and I'll let you talk. I'll, I'll let you talk, Kevin, after this, but I promise. But scammers. Now, scammers are the, they are the, they are the, the, they are the muck. They are the dirt. They are garbage. If it, I don't care if you're a person that is a scammer and listens to the show. If you are, don't be listening to our show because honestly, I don't believe in scammers. Okay, scammers are a horrible thing to do. You now, one you sit on a throne of they the lies. Exactly. If anybody's ever seen Elf, you see that that or that scene where he goes, he sit on the throne of lies and everything. Scammers are horrible. Now, personally, I have never dealt with scammers. Um, oh, there have, oh. there, uh, but there have been a couple situations where I have caught a scammer and I backed out of whatever the situation was just because I could I didn't feel real good about the situation. So I personally have never been scammed because I know what to look out for. And I'm not saying like I'm perfect. I mean, maybe one day I will get scammed. It is what it is. You know, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else and, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying I've never personally been scammed just because I know what to look for out there. And I know the signs. I know the way because I'm in Pokemon groups. I'm in Funko groups. And I've seen it firsthand. There's literally there's literally feedback groups for everything. And people like I have a Pokemon trade feedback link where people go on there where I've sold Pokemon cards to or done deals with. And they go on there and they leave stuff. And there's scammer groups too. And people get on those real quick. And Pokemon has been a huge scammer thing lately. 
And so, and so to talk about Pokemon in that sense, so obviously with Japan, right now, Japan holds the market down for Pokemon. They own it. Again, I don't like the way they do business over there because they're hiking up the price. Again, that's FOMO again. So like the set 151 came out. These people in Japan are selling a booster box for like $140, $150. And, you know, I don't. I don't like it. And people can sit there and say, oh, you just don't understand. You know, if you were the same position, no, I wouldn't. I mean, but the thing is, it's supply and demand. Japan has finally found out that they have kind of a, 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 a clutch on the Japanese market for Pokemon cards. And this huge thing that just came out, like vintage, doesn't matter anymore. I watched a ton of Pokemon people on YouTube, not just Rev. And you know, Cool Trainer Ryan and all this. Oh, There's one guy. Yeah, I haven't watched Cool Trainer Ryan stuff in a while. One day, I'm just gonna binge watch like the last 30 things that he's done. I love the way he does stuff where he just tosses the cards back and tries to hit Rev in the face on his cardboard stuff. I love it. But besides the point on that, but there is a particular YouTuber that I listen to, and his channel is called uh, Opossum, and mm-hmm. it's just this run-of-the-mill guy. You know, really cool guy. He's got a mustache and he's really into Japanese market. But he's been talking about this stuff and he talks about how, you know, Japan and people are getting all crazy. Like people don't care about vintage Pokemon cards anymore. Like the sales of a first edition graded Charizard from Mm -hmm. like the original set, the prices have dropped down dramatically over the years because now Japan, Japanese, Japanese modern sets right now are trumping these vintage stuff. So people don't care about vintage anymore. So if anybody's listening to this and you know, you're into Pokemon, you need to start researching stuff and start looking up vintage Pokemon cards because right now they're probably a steal. You could probably get good vintage Japanese or English, mind you, you know, vintage Pokemon cards a lot cheaper than you would for modern stuff nowadays because there's a freaking hype going on for waifu cards. And if anybody doesn't yep. know what a waifu card is, a waifu card, waifu is like a slang term for a woman. And so obviously with Pokemon, there are trainer cards. And so at this point, trainer cards are more popular than the Pokemon themselves. Nobody cares about freaking Pikachu. They just kick them off yeah. the side. Like nobody cares about you, you stupid electric mouse. I'm caring Can about I- Misty and all this stuff. Yeah, it's so weird because, like you said, back in the day, you know, not to once again be that back in my day, don't stand on my grass <laughs> person, but right. back in my our day when Pokemon cards mattered, you know, mm-hmm. we, I personally used to hate the trainer cards. I would literally, so I. So I, would I. Lit- I would literally not even put my trainer cards in my binders. Because I'm like, what's the point? You know, I don't need them. You say cool train of Ryan cars. Yes, like like nobody likes Gary. Nobody likes Gary. You ever got that Gary card? Yes. Yes. You got Gary and you're like, screw you, Gary, and flick him away because everybody wanted Charizard. Everybody hated I hated Gary. Professor Oak, I don't need him. You know, no. even even to like the new cars, like I don't need yeah. hop. Why do I need hop? 
Like, yeah, you I know, now, huh. like, like nowadays, no one cares. It, it really shocked yeah. me when I saw that there was a trainer card that was worth so much money, and I forgot which one it was. I mean, there's I, a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. Are you talking but, about the Iono? Yes. Yeah, the Iono card, and I don't even know who these trainers are, to be honest, because they're the newer, they're the newer, like, gym leaders or trainers of like, the Pokemon. Like, Cynthia, like, yeah. her uh, card, it's, it's so... Yes, yeah, yeah, it, 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 the hype, we don't know what happened. And, and here's what the thing is, it's because somebody over in Japan thought, hmm, you know, like, I'm going to start a waifu trend. And actually, a possum, uh, Bud, the guy that I watch, he actually talked about this because he talked about this crap two years ago saying somebody's going to be smart and start hyping up freaking Japanese cards and it's going to just change the entire industry. And nobody's, everyone's like, no, no, they won't. And now look, now we're in an era right now where modern Japanese cards are more valuable than vintage. You got trainer cards out there that I don't even know who the hell they are. You know, they're waifu cards. You know, they're, they're female trainer cards and they're full art and stuff. They're just not your run of the mill, like regular white or regular yellow border type stuff. No, they're actual full picture. And yes, there's one out there that's fetching thousands of dollars straight out of a pack. You pull one of those suckers out of there, and that's why Japanese market right now is so hyped up. And that's why they're charging so much for a booster box because it's not the it's not the booster box. It's not the booster box. It's the cards inside the packs that are fetching the money, and they know. Sorry about that, everybody. Some little technical difficulties. I guess uh, I guess the uh, Japanese Pokemon collectors heard us and said, I'm shutting this down. So It was those damn scammers. Yep, it was the scammers. The scammers heard us. But, so um, hopefully it doesn't happen again, but apologize for that, everybody. But we'll get still back on there. But, um, but yeah, so uh, like I was saying, it's not, it's not the booster boxes themselves that is fetching all the money. It's it's because the cards inside the booster boxes are fetching the money. And like recently, um, I saw that uh, somebody graded, somebody sent a booster box, and, uh, I believe it was a Japanese booster box. They sent it in to get graded by a grading company. And it came back like, uh, I don't know what it was, like a 96 or something out of 100. So the company that this person sent this booster box into to get graded was a group or a, it was a, it was a grading company that usually grades like sealed video games. So they usually they usually do like video games like Game Boy and all that kind of stuff and they give it a grade. So somebody was either I don't know, I wouldn't say dumb enough to do it, but somebody was willing to spend the money to get a booster box, just your run of the mill booster box graded. And the good thing was, it's like, nobody cares about that. They want the cards inside. The only reason why people buy sealed Pokemon or even sealed TCG product is because it hasn't been opened up, or so you think it hasn't been opened up. But people buy that because of the cards inside. They don't care about the quality of the box. They only care about if the cards inside that case are good or they're not damaged. And they want to make sure that they try and hit the big hitter of that set. 
And, you know, that that's just a crazy thing. But, you know, like with scammers and stuff and the Japanese, I just watched another video today where somebody bought a huge lot of Japanese Pokemon cards from a set. I forget what it's called. I think it was called like Tag Volt. And this set actually is the English set of Tag Team, where you see most Pokemon are teaming up with other Pokemon. And they're really sought after. So somebody bought a mass amount of these sealed uh, Tag Volt Japanese booster boxes. Well, the gentleman opened one up and there were cards in there. Well, he went to go open up a second one and somebody put a juice box in there. Did somebody put a orange juice juice box in these booster boxes? So somebody oh. over found a juice box that was big enough to fit in this Japanese booster box and cover it up and ship it out to somebody. Because this person bought an immense amount. So it wasn't like he bought like five booster boxes and they shipped it. No, he bought hundreds of these and only one of them had actual cards in it. So nowadays, oh, no. there is a ton of scamming going on now where people are putting in, and the thing is people are getting better and better at sealing product again. So they've been doing it for years with actual Pokemon cards. So as you've probably seen on PokeRev, he always checks the packs to make sure they're not resealed because people can weigh packs, open them very so carefully, take the cards out, take the hit out or whatever it is, and put the cards back in and they take like some kind of ironing type tool and they just reseal it. And you would never tell the difference. But people are getting more and more shifty with that nowadays. I said shifty, not the other word. I said shifty. But they're getting <laughs> very shifty about <laughs> making shifty about resealing stuff. So people don't even know what's going on. They're buying this stuff and, you know, people like, hey, send me a picture of this booster box. Give me today's timestamp, which if anybody doesn't know what a timestamp is, usually when you're buying something, always ask for an updated timestamp. You know, if it looks like it was Photoshop, don't buy it. Okay, just, just letting anybody know that was listening to this, you know, ask for a timestamp, ask for today's time. You know, do whatever you can to get that person to prove some kind of way that they're that they're themselves, right? Yeah. Yes, it has to be something genuine. It has to be something handwritten. You know, it can't be something typed up. It can't be something that looks like it was Photoshop because I've seen that too many times from people mm -hmm. trying to sell stuff on eBay or people take people's eBay listings. And they'll take that and post it on a group and say, hey, I'm selling this Pokemon pack for $500. And they'll be like, hey, I need a timestamp. And you'll get people stupid enough to go in and edit the picture they just sent. And they'll be like, there's my timestamp. So somebody will actually write, they'll write out their name and today's date. But the problem is, is they'll take a picture of it and they'll post it, they'll Photoshop it on that existing photo. And you can tell it's been squared out. So when I do timestamps, I find the most awkward thing to write on. I don't find just a piece of paper. I find a piece of cardboard that's like a not a usual shape. I, I use I use permanent marker. I do everything to make sure that that person, obviously I'm very reputable, so people already know who I am. But I still, if it's somebody new, I will take a picture and I will give them today's timestamp 
and I'll put it on something that there's no way in the world you could Photoshop. But the thing is, people nowadays, as far as scammers go, is that they're getting better and better, and they're getting more tools, they're getting hands-on stuff where they're able to actually make it look like something hasn't been resealed or hasn't been tampered with or whatever. I mean, I mean, Jesus, you got people in Japan putting in freaking juice boxes and booster boxes and selling these booster boxes for a hundred plus dollars each. And the, the, this person in Japan just lost their whole supply and ration of orange juice, but frig, they just made a whole bunch of money scamming somebody. I'm not going to lie. While I am totally, you know, once I get my, once I, tell my side of the thing with scammers as much as i hate scammers that is a very 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 smart idea of what they with the, well the yeah spots. it's, it's, it's enough smart. of that yeah like you know congratulations whoever you are in japan good job you, you foiled somebody now they're gonna have a daily, they're gonna at least they're gonna have their daily supply of vitamin c you know and whatever hopefully that orange juice isn't expired but, you know, it's it just, they're getting better. And I mean, Funko Pops, people are scamming. They've been scamming people forever for that. They've been making fake Funko, or Funko Pops. There are people that have made fake boxes that the Funko Pops come in. I mean, that's just a whole nother story. I mean, we could probably talk about fakes and scammers for days about all collectibles. I mean, I mean, shoot, like Godzilla figures. There's so many crappy, figures out there that anybody that's a real Godzilla or a real Kaiju fan, they can spot that in their sleep and be like, dude, really? Like, yeah, that kind of looks like Godzilla, but that's not really Godzilla. Like, you, you know, come on, really? Like this dude has veneers. Like there's a big, <laughs> like, I'm not joking. There's a figure out there where the teeth on Godzilla is so like pushed out of his mouth. And as he's like grinning or growling or whatever he's doing, the dude looks like he's got veneers. It looks like he went into his grandpa's bedroom, took the fake teeth out of the freaking glass and put it in his mouth. And just like, it was so fake look. But scammers are, <laughs> scammers, I'll end it with this and let you talk, Kevin. But scammers are honestly, in my opinion, some of the worst people ever because I mean, why? I mean, why would you scam? And there's been scammers that have scammed people for not a lot of money there are people that have scammed people for a few bucks and it's like why would you go to the lengths to scam somebody for five freaking dollars i understand five grand you know but the thing is the only way to get past scammers these days join groups join scammer groups where people are posted on their daily and 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 there's screenshots there's 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 i mean in some cases in some cases, there have been police involved with this kind of stuff. Um, and I won't go into that right now because that's, like I said, that would be a long one. But it has to do with Pokemon cards. I will tell you that. But police have been involved and, and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to end it there before I get any more excited talking about, you know, the, the scum between my toes kind of scammers. But Kevin, what are your thoughts about flippers, resellers, and scammers? And I guess you need to tell me about your experience with being scammed. So go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, like I said, none these three things are not 
the same. You know, if honestly, it's looking at these three, this would be a game of of what's that game? Mary, kill, whatever. I oh, would, yeah, no. You know, it would it would be one of those type of games. Think of these three things. Yeah, but like flippers. My thing with flippers. Flippers are not bad people. You know what no. I mean? Flippers are not. Honestly, you know, when you think of it, there's flippers nowadays are more popular because of, you know, because of YouTube or because of television. You know, a lot of flippers, you know, I, I know two or three flippers myself who will literally flip something just to, you know, will buy something just to mm-hmm. flip it, just to ultimately flip again to get what they're ultimately wanting. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. It, like it's there's nothing wrong with flipping. I mean, I've 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 flipped once upon a time, you know, a couple of times before. And you know, honestly, it's you know, I, I would rather deal with a flipper than a lot of other people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Because honestly, when you're wanting to flip it, yes. Say, you know, I have a Godzilla figure that I paid 50 bucks for. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to sell it to to Adrian for 70 or 80 bucks because, you know, you have to make a profit off of it. You know what I mean? Or, right. you know, but you're willing to flip it because, hey, this 30 extra bucks is... 20, you know, only is 30 more bucks that I could use to get what John Doe may ultimately have. You know what I mean? And that's right. also, of course, the that goes back to FOMO. Flippers are definitely, you know, in that situation as well. But then, you know, resellers, resellers, I have, I, it depends. I've had my fair share of resellers where they're just like, you know, hey, I'm willing to sell this to you, but you're going to have to pay a pretty penny. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's and it's nothing. They're not scamming you out of it. You know what you're getting is, you know, 100% genuine. But you know, it, there are people who kind of take advantage because of the fact that someone's willing to pay a reseller prices for a certain something you know what I mean yeah I say those two things I I use my time lightly with those two things because flippers and resellers are what they are mm-hmm. however scammers no boy are and they are <laughs> I'm not gonna say the scum of my feet because <laughs> I, I, you know, I, that's putting it nicely. Uh, you know, scammers are evil people. Yeah. And and you know, I have had my run, my I've had my experience quite quite more than I want to admit with scammers. You know what I mean? Like. A perfect story. I was in the market for a LeBron James rookie card. And this guy was like, oh, it's autographed. 
you know, I'm willing to. He was like, because I am from Akron, but I live down in Cincinnati right now. I have plenty of LeBron cards. I'm willing to part with it for just 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows the value of a LeBron James rookie card will know, man, that's, that's you know that's that's cheap, especially for an autographed LeBron card. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, if you have these things, and just a FYI or PSA for anyone who are in the market for authentic anything. Whether it's cards, Funko Pops, I have a story for a Funko Pop too. I'm sure you do too. But like anything, look, ask for a certificate of authenticity. COA? Yes. Because if you're really serious about what, like for me, if I have a, a Funko Pop signed by Stanley, which don't, don't look for me, I don't. Um, I don't have one at all. But if I did and I was like, hey, one day I want to sell it, I would want to get some kind of COA so someone can be like, hey, this is legit. And also when you have those nice fancy papers that says this is certified, you can jump up, you know, you can sell these things for a lot more or flip them for a lot more. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not scamming. It's not scamming at all. But right. So I asked the guy for a COA, and he said, "Oh, it's in Akron. I'll I'll get it sent to you." So it even got to the point to where I met the guy. I didn't come by myself because I'm much smarter when it comes to these types of things now. <laughs> I said, "Okay, let me see the card." Well. Uh, strike one was it was a totally different card. Right. Strike two was while it had an autograph, I knew how LeBron looked, and that was <laughs> it was LeBron, but it wasn't his rookie year. Uh, so I'm like, you know, it's still a LeBron card. You know, I'm still willing to buy it if it's really autographed. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if you have ever heard of these situations where people will literally like some autographs on Topps cards or or Panini cards are actual stickers. Um, I have not heard of anything like that before, but yes, I would would not put it past anybody to do something like that. But yes, some of them. Now, they've gotten much better because of this situation. They've gotten it to where now it's like engraved in the car now. But however, this was a situation where it was a sticker. I didn't peel the guy's card, but I noticed that it was the sticker was a little off kilter from what it usually would be, especially Mm -hmm. for that year card. So that kind of drew a wedge to me but then the biggest scammers and I don't want to throw people under the bus and I'm not going to throw this person under the bus because I don't even remember their name on (laughs) Amazon this goes back to kind of my story I was sharing my story about how you know I got 
cards for my son, and then ultimately mm-hmm. it turned into a good thing because I gave them to my wife. So, right. on the picture, I, I actually went back, and this guy, or woman, but probably a guy, uh, is actually still selling these cards on Amazon. And, uh, you know, the reviews are not so good, and he's fighting, he, he fights people on these on these reviews, but right. on the picture, it literally has a Blastoise, a Venusaur, a War Turtle, uh, not a War Turtle, but a Charizard, a whole bunch mm-hmm. of other rare cards. And it's right. like guaranteed any one of these cards, which that's what drove me to him because I was like, oh my gosh, this guy has. You know, I would love any one of these cards, especially Charizard or, you know, the the other two of the big three of the right. OG packs. Right. So, you know, I spent, I forgot the price, but it was like mm, maybe 80, 90 bucks it might have been. And he's selling them now for 125 bucks and you only get now you get a set of I think it said 100 cards but guaranteed um, whatever guaranteed holographic card yeah they're not holographic at all Um, you know (laughs) (laughs) like you know and, and, and that's the same thing like for you know autographs you know there's so many people nowadays that will literally practice a signature of someone's, you know, online. And then would say, oh, this is a basketball sign by Michael Jordan. And then it's like, now, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, please, like, you know, dogs, cats, fish, whatever is <laughs> listening, please make sure you get a COA if you can. Because you always run it. Sorry, as my watch just chimed in on it. Um, you know, it always makes a huge difference. And I get it. Sometimes you can't get a COA. Because if you're just getting a basic Funko Pop, it doesn't require a COA. But yeah. you always run the risk. That's the thing. Scammers, you know, nowadays scammers are getting so elusive. You know, just like how you said, a, a pack of orange juice. I guarantee that box of orange. I guarantee that box of orange juice was was already drunk, because if you want the uh, fill of an actual Pokemon or actual deck, if you squeeze on it, it would be like, holy crap! This, what's wrong with this pack of cards? You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, if you can't get a COA, a timestamp is a big thing. I always ask for some kind of proof, whether it's a timestamp or you know I've had people literally FaceTime me and say look here's your card I'm sealing it and I'm putting it in a box like I've had one guy go as far as like Facebook like FaceTime on Facebook and mm-hmm. will literally be like here's your card this is your card I'm at the post office oh yeah I've had people Yes, like, I've had people do that too to me. And it's like, yeah, that's what you know. But yeah, so, and, 
so so one thing with your coa theory and stuff and that's 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 great um so one big thing with coa so obviously coa stands for certificate of authenticity so obviously if you have a pop or whatever it might be um there are there are uh providers out there that actually will authenticate so beckett um, if anybody knows grading like cards and stuff beckett grading actually does a lot of uh uh thought they authenticate stuff <laughs> um getting late um so they authenticate stuff uh jsa is another big one um trying to think um, so you guys have to just you, you everybody has to do their due diligence on research okay if you absolutely want something that you know is signed you definitely need to make sure it has a coa usually when people go to conventions and people like beckett or jsa or uh, a few of these other companies and when they're on site they will actually put a sticker on whatever it is you might have. So like, say you go and you see, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, it's just, you, you go see, um, you go see John Cena. That's a horrible uh, one You to don't say, see but... him, what are you talking about? No one has ever seen John Cena. I'll be one better, Hugh Jackman. Wolverine, how about that? Uh, Hugh Jackman doesn't really do signings that much, but besides, so yeah, we'll use Hugh Jackman as a, a so if, say Hugh Jackman actually did signings and went to a convention and you sat down and he signed your pop, a Wolverine pop or comic or whatever it is, and say one of those companies are there, they will actually authenticate it because they will witness him actually signing it. Like mm-hmm. myself, I have actually, I actually have two signed pops. Now, I have pictures of the uh, the people that signed it. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that those are the people. So, so but those pops I have in general, I have a signed Godzilla pop that I actually got signed last year by one of the suit actors. And I actually have pictures on my Facebook of me standing with him, but I don't have actually picture of him signing it, but it doesn't really matter because I'm never gonna get rid of that pop. But, it's something like that. And then I have another signed pop. Um, if anybody knows who Flash Gordon is, uh, Sam Jones. Uh, if anybody's Ooh, ever seen Flash, if any- uh... Yes, that one, yes. So if anybody's ever seen the movies Ted or Ted 2, you know, the talking Teddy, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have that My man, Sam, Sam, he just literally. With Ted, <laughs> Teddy Bear. Freaking Teddy Bear. So Sam Jones. <laughs> Signed this, and actually, Jen, my wife was with me too, and I have pictures of that on Facebook too, where he signed it and he talked to us. But it's not a, it's not authenticated, which honestly I could give a rat's ass about because I was there, I saw him. I'm the type of person that I don't like to buy things that have autographs on it if I'm not there. I don't care even sure. if it, I don't care if it's authenticated or not. I, I don't care. I would rather go see the person and be there in in the flesh and see. So big one is Stan Lee. I would love to have met Stan Lee. And he did autographs all the time. So there mm-hmm. are some people out there that will never do autographs. And there are some people out there that will always do autographs. So one good uh, example would be... Um, uh, Hugh Jackman. 
No, Hugh Jackman doesn't actually do autographs. I know. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't do them. I don't know. No, I'm saying no, no, no. I'm saying the people that actually do it is. uh, Oh, the guy who plays uh, Jason or no, Michael Myers. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, no, um, actually the person that played the green Power Ranger. Oh, James. Yeah. Yeah. John David Frank. Yes. Or yeah. no, Jason David, Jason David Frank. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always did stuff, and so his autograph was out there like crazy. But if, it, like I said, the whole point of this is just just be weary of scammers. Like I said, like Kevin said, if you know, if you can get a COA, especially on something that's autographed, especially by somebody that's very popular, you know, whatever. Yeah, you can always do that. And the thing is, the COAs actually have serial numbers on them. They're just like graded cards where you can actually look up. You can look them up. You can look them up and see who actually did it. So like my wife, she's got, um, she actually has two pops that are, well, actually three. She actually has, so she's a big Office fan. So if anybody watches The Office, you know, her and I both love that show. But um, I actually went in and ordered a, so there's a Kate, uh, wait, Kate Flannery. Um, she's the redhead lady that plays uh, Meredith on The Office, and so she does a lot of signings too. So this was during the pandemic, and I actually had ordered a shout out type thing. So what I did was, is I sent in the Funko Pop box itself to the company, and it was like I think it was J Shout or no B Shout or something like that. The company, but. It's not authenticated, but what happened was she actually signed it and she sent out this little video to say, you know, talk to Jenna and it was really great. Well, apparently they lost the Funko Pop, you know, box itself. So they actually, the company actually went back to Kate Flannery and said, hey, I need you to sign another box of your own and have it shipped out. So Kate Flannery took a box out of her, they gave her one, she re-signed it and did another video for Jenna and then sent it. And she did this in her home and it was awesome. And so like, she has this signed Meredith pop by Kate Flannery. It's not JSA or anything authenticated, but it Jenna and I know it was her. Now, also we have a um, Rain Wilson signed pop. Uh, who played Dwight on on The Office? And I, mean, I actually, Dwight Schrute. Yeah. So the funny story behind that is, and and like I said, this is going to be a long podcast for real. But um, <laughs> I, I actually won it. It was a, a it was a charity kind of thing that uh, Rain Wilson was doing. And so like you spent money obviously, and he gave you entries. Well, I had ten entries. Jenna had ten entries too. I won one of ten signed Funko Pops from Wayne Wilson. So it took months. Eventually, I thought it was a scam. I thought it was a ruse, but eventually they did send it to me. They sent me the box. The Funko Pop box itself was damaged, but the pop inside wasn't. And I saw his signature on the front of it, but there was no authenticity. Uh, authenticity. And so I come, I emailed them. I said, hey, um, this is what happened with the pop. The box got heavily damaged. You know, whoever packed this did not pack this properly. It was squished, whatever. So I went kind of back and forth with them and I asked them if they could provide me a certificate of authenticity. And they did. 
Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Rain Wilson signed that authenticity at all. It just says this hereby certifies that this pop was signed by Rain Wilson. So now we actually have two pops that are signed by Rain Wilson. And I could easily send them in to get verified. It, it cost me like 15 bucks for each one, but Denna will never get rid of them. And so there's no point in me doing it. But those aren't actually authenticated. But I looked up his signature and the signature is dead on hit. And I've looked up other ones that people have sold on eBay and stuff. And it, it's exactly the same one. And those are actually JSA approved or whatever, Beckett approved. But I could easily, and that's the thing, people, You, if you get a pop and you say you get somebody that signs a pop and it's not approved, you can easily look up Beckett or JSA and you can actually send in that pop or whatever it is you have and they can actually approve it for you to make sure it's real or not. Because signatures are a huge fake, they're, they're a huge industry where people fake them a lot. Because again, there are people out there that are actually skilled at mastering people's signatures and then they eventually do it, just like, you know, with you. So, um, but yeah, so obviously Kevin and I are on the same page with scammers. We don't like them. Um, Kevin, unfortunately, has like had scammers. We don't like scammers and I don't like mm -hmm. people getting scammed. So do your education or do, do your research, get educated. If you feel something's not right, you know, try and talk to people, get in many Facebook groups, you know, talk to vet, talk to like vetted people, people that have been in it, like Kevin and I have been in it for a long time. You know, I, I, I won't be able to sit there and tell you I have all the answers, but I can easily tell you the signs to look for. So well, I can tell you, if you have a card that you need, whatever, send it on over to me. Not send the card, send me a picture of it. I can, yeah. I can tell you not only the look, how a certain card should feel, I can tell you exactly how the corners should be. If you ever, I can literally, Adrian, call me crazy. I know the smell of certain cards. It's that, it's that serious. Shoes, I'm the same way. I know what to look for with shoes. Do I'm you smell the shoes? Do I smell the shoes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sir, believe it or not, some shoes smell different than the others. Like, that's that's just feeding into my obsession with certain stuff. But, like, certain shoes smell a certain way. Certain packs of cards smell a certain type of way. They feel a certain type of way. Like, I could tell you the difference between a tops. I like, you could put a tops in my hand, and then you yeah. could put, say, a panini in my hand. I can literally feel the card and will literally tell you which one is which. Because... It's I don't know. It's crazy. It's I'm no, crazy. I hear you. It's it's some. It's a sick addiction. I'm sorry. My, <laughs> I'm addicted to certain stuff, and I I I hate to be scammed, and I hate scammers. And if you are watching scam, if you are a scammer watching us, thank you for watching us. But kindly exit off the chat <laughs> until, ne until next week, of course. Or yeah, just yeah. joking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't okay, scam so don't scam yeah, yeah, don't scam people. It's not nice. So, um, so finally, for our fourth and final topic of our, our episode here. I forgot we had four. I know, right? So we're going to talk about market manipulation and stuff like that. So with market manipulation, um, I'll try and keep it short and simple. Um, 
But market manipulation has been a thing always, but it's especially been a big thing for eBay. So what market manipulation is, is so with eBay, say you post up a Funko Pop for sale or, or, or no, we won't even do that. We'll do, we'll do modern Japanese Pokemon cards because that's a huge thing. So say you get uh, a really nice card out of the newest set and you post it on eBay and you mark it up for a ridiculous amount. What you're doing is you're starting a trend. And what happens is other people, when they go on eBay, say they pull that card, they're going to go on eBay and look up what the value is. And they will look up what last sold was. And so they'll see. So all it takes is one person. I think they said it takes at least 10 people on eBay to start a trend like that. And it will eventually turn into market manipulation. So pretty much say you take a card that is maybe worth $5 and you mark it up for a hundred dollars well you sell it and nine other people on ebay get the same bright idea and they charge a hundred hundred fifteen hundred thirty hundred fifty you know in between that well then you've set the stage for it. then people start thinking oh shit, this five dollar card must be a hot commodity because on ebay it's selling between a hundred and hundred fifty dollars so you know what? I need to start buying more and more and more. And so that's what they do. People start these trends on eBay and they start selling things that are originally a lower cost in real in reality, but they hike up the price and they manipulate the market. The same thing goes for Funko Pops. A huge thing with market manipulation is, and you can always look on eBay, everybody. Always do your research on eBay. You can look up. So if you're seeing, if, if say you see 10, you look up a Pokemon card and you see 11 listings for it recently sold. 10 of those listings are around the same price range. And the 11th you see is just, just way out of the ballpark, 10 times the amount. Say like it's a $100 or say like it's a $10 card and you're seeing 10 listings that are ranging between eight, nine, 10, maybe 12. Those are normal. But you see another the 11th listing and say it's like a hundred dollars. That's the market manipulation because somebody is trying to set a trend for that said card, and it just doesn't apply to cards. It applies to everything because people have gotten it in their head that they know how to start trends, and eBay is a very good way to do it. So anybody with a brain realizes that people that want something they will keep an eye on it and they'll see what the price is and they'll just wait it out. But unfortunately you have people out there that like chaos. They wake up every morning and choose violence. And then the first thing they think of is, you know what? I'm going to set a freaking trend on eBay. I got this five, I got this, I got this $10 Funko pop, but you know what? I'm going to sell it for this much on eBay and somebody's going to be stupid enough to pay for it because they probably want it really, really bad. And oh. eventually it, it starts and that's how it starts. And then it just, it just keeps going and going. So market manipulation is a very real thing and it's becoming more and more popular now with Pokemon cards, especially in the Japanese variants, because people are so eager to get their hands on Japanese cards. And also they are manipulating the market 
to, you know, benefit them. And then other people jump on that and it just becomes a trend. And then that screws up people in the collecting community because say you have somebody that really wants that card and they know it only ranges between, you know, eight to 12 bucks, but these 10, 11 people on eBay started up a trend and then everyone wants in on. There's been plenty of times where cards have done that. Cards that people sat on that were garbage, you know, just an example, the cards we threw away, like Professor Oak and Gary. Nobody gives a shit about those two cards, but I guarantee uh, you. Language, I know, sir. I know, I'm sorry. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm the one who usually says a cuss word. I know. That's the one. But there's my one for the show. But we toss those around, but I guarantee you somebody, I'm not saying those cards, but somebody will get it in their mind. You know what? These things, I could easily get these random baloney cards some value. So what do they do? They take it and they just start a hype chain on it, go to eBay, start marking it up. People look at it and go, ooh, man, I, I have like 20 of those Gary's or Professor Oaks sitting around somewhere in my trash can from years ago. And they're like, man, I'm sitting on a gold mine. And that's how market manipulation works with that kind of stuff. So, yeah. and it's happened a lot recently, especially with Pokemon cards and just a TCG in general. I mean, the stuff. Ha- I, 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 I don't know for a fact, but I believe it happens in the sports world too. I mean, you might. You oh, could tell oh, me. Oh. Oh. No, you're you're very right. Market manipulation is. I always thought market manipulation was at its highest when it comes to the sports world because. Perfect example, you know, I will. I I definitely, you know. One thing that I've definitely in the last three years now, it's been about two and a half, three years now, um, have definitely wanted, like, and very sought after anything Kobe Bryant because of the (laughs) fact that he, anyone who knows me will know that Kobe Bryant was my, was my 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 athlete you know yeah. excuse like i literally don't think of what he did outside the court i'm not going to say anything about it here that's not the platform you know <laughs> when it comes to on the court the closest thing to just watching a professional just work at his craft and just in general for me i will literally watch kobe bryant to the point to where when he passed away in that very, very sad January afternoon, it literally took the air out of me because like every like I said, my whole family knows Kobe is my guy. Like I will I will Mamba baby. Yes, I will literally my next tattoo is actually going to be of uh, uh, some kind of black mamba because I love Kobe Bryant. But do you have a tattoo guy? Do I have a tattoo guy? Yeah, uh, I I did, I did, but he actually moved up north. So oh well, I actually have a very good guy that's done like all my tattoos. So um, if well, you want, I can refer you to him. 
Yeah. Uh, he actually, his shop is actually woods. Really? Yep. Oh. Yep. Well, I'll definitely have to get some information from him. Yeah, Please. I'm probably going to be getting uh, another Godzilla tattoo here shortly. So I don't know when, but, 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 but yeah. So. But yeah, so like Kobe, when he passed away, just to kind of get to how serious of a Kobe man I am, my the first person who texted me was uh, my sister. And she said, are you okay? And I said... <laughs> I'm fine. What are you talking about? I'm just at home. I'm just at home. Just sitting here watching TV. Yeah, I was like, I'm sitting here watching. I feel like I was watching the playoffs, NFL playoffs. I'm like, I'm just watching football. What's going on? And she just sent me like a TMZ screenshot. And I was like, that's not true. That's fake. And then then I literally went online and I was like, oh my gosh. So, needless to say, Kobe Bryant was definitely a hard whatever for me, you know, passing. So, like, of course, my thought was, you know, I don't have as much Kobe Bryant things, you know, memorabilia, whatever, as I would like. I have a few things. You know, I've got quite a a few things from Kobe. But, like, one of the biggest things that I really wanted – and like I remember just look eyeing it maybe two weeks before on eBay coincidentally it was a with a COA and you know I'm like you if I can't get it autographed in front of me I'm usually like whatever but I was like when am I ever going to run into Kobe Bryant I mean now I I won't but I was like when am I ever going to run into Kobe Bryant this is it was just a sign picture of him it was just a poster and i was like oh my gosh you know it was coa the guy had a picture of kobe doing it whatever and it was only it was on sale for 60 bucks at that time so the day after he passed i said oh my gosh i need to get this kobe poster before someone else hops on it no one hopped on it because you want to know why the guy added an extra zero to it. Six hundred. Yes. Oh. So, so I was like, "Wait a minute! I love Kobe, but I don't want to pay. I can't pay six hundred dollars right now. Not Sorry, for Mamba. an. Yeah, I'm like, you know, Mamba, I love you, but let Not me see much. if I. Yeah, I was like, well, let <laughs> me see if I can find something else." Go on something else, uh, you know, on eBay. A, a simple card was 50 bucks just for a card. Not autograph, not nothing. So I'm like, okay, what in the world's going on? So all over eBay, everything that Kobe Bryant, like, you know, anything that was Kobe Bryant was just outrageous. You know, right. Three weeks later, after he has his funeral service or his, you know, his, his service in, at the Staples Center, you know, yeah. the book that they gave out for that was $3,000. So, like, yes. So then you would go on other, like, you will see others because it was a public, it was a public event, but 
there were only so many tickets given out. So, you know, everyone had, like, anyone who posted the programs to this thing, they would get higher and higher and higher. Like, I seen one that was like, that was like 15 grand. And I'm like, wait a minute. This guy's obituary is really going for this much? And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So, market manipulation for that was definitely a killer. But then, you know, like just how you said, Pokemon cards. You know, because of the market, what was once a sought-after card in Charizard is no longer as high as it was. Don't get me wrong. I just looked it up. You can get one on Amazon for $400 right now. But yeah. you know, it's it it went I'm pretty sure it dropped a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, for sure. But like also I'm gonna take another right turn and I say think- the companies are also responsible for this market manipulation as well. Oh, yeah. Because you know, I'm gonna go into the shoot. I'm gonna dibble into the shoot section a little bit. Because there's only so many shoes released to the public that's what drives the market up you know what i mean like there's been times when my wife would say like oh just sell these shoes right now i bet you can get a pretty penny and then i would look up what they're going for StockX for anyone who ever is oh, yeah. into shoes or sneakers or if you're not a good place to go on just to be like holy smokes if you go on StockX, it's literally the ebay shoes like literally a pair of random jordan that may have just gone came out will literally be double the price because market manipulation you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i honestly believe while market manipulation is definitely bad on ebay if you want to you know stay away from ebay you know if you if you don't want to feel like oh my gosh what the hell is going on but you know the companies make it such a you know a big hoopla and you know my last example before i'm done with this you know place you know video game systems you know it was granted covid definitely played a big deal in it holy shoot yes i remember when i got a ps5 and someone saying like i will literally pay you oh yeah you know 200 extra bucks and i'm like no because there was that one there was that one point where people were selling for the ps5 for a thousand dollars i'm not even kidding yes yes like they're and it retailed like i think 600 at the time but the fact of the matter was they they still haven't made anymore they still have not made any more ps5s that's Kind of true, not true. GameStop has them a lot more red. No, no, no. I mean, Sony. Sony themselves came out and said they were not producing PS5s anymore. Now, that could have changed, but last time I checked, they had said that they were not producing anymore. And it I, doesn't I really, surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. So people then, again, you know, the FOMO. You know, people had to get a PS5. You know, everything yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah. I, I had people that were like, Yo, I'll tell you that I just got this PS5. You know, like they didn't even have it in hand. They had like a ticket voucher kind of ordeal that said, "Hey, <laughs> you know, I, I I 
purchased a PS5 at Best Buy. I haven't even picked it up yet, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not stock yet. But and people were paying thousand, like a thousand dollars. Yeah, you know how I got my PS5. I got my PS5 after going on Walmart. Like literally, I would. There were people on Twitter who were experts who had inside scoops on when these were drops on when these were dropped and one of the guys name was i think jake randall i believe very nice guy he has like cystic fibrosis or whatever and you know he's he's a very nice very nice uplifting guy like to the point to where like he will literally wake up at 4 a.m and he would be like today's the day i'm gonna wake up at 4 a.m and on my listen to my live and i will tell you just when they like he was like he would literally have every single major distributor on like his computer to where like it's synced up to where he knows when it's on and he would tell him like go on and get them now well i used to follow him i still do but i used to literally would wake up twice a week at four at three and four a.m you know how hard that is to get up at three and four a.m when you have to be at work at eight a.m so you guys do, man, with that PS5. Well, here's well, here's the kicker. I never. There was one time, as a matter speaking of Indiana, I was willing to go to Indiana to get it, and I literally all I had to do was put in my card information. It spun, it spun, it spun. I was like, oh my gosh, I got it, and then it said you got it, and then I got an email from Walmart saying, oh, we oversold it. Technically, you didn't get it. Here's your refund. So long story short, this is where FOMO, because I was really starting to catch FOMO because I was like, I've literally been doing this for two months now. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I was really looking into going as far as going to freaking Home Shopping Network who actually had them for like $2,000. If anyone knows how Home Shopping Network works, you don't just get the, you, you don't just get the system. You get the system, a, a, the control, another controller, a headpiece, and three random games, and yeah. a bag, and you're like, "Wow, this doesn't equate to two thousand five hundred dollars," but I'll take it. So like, <laughs> I was willing to do that, but I did not because, once again, my wife kept saying, "Just remain patient; it'll come your way," um, you know. And I remember screaming at, I remember just yelling at her like, "No, it won't, woman." I need my PS5. Like huh. I, I turned into like that mad scientist-looking guy. Like and she like, was like, "Okay, you want to yell at me? Then you can just go sleep on the couch." Well, like I was <laughs> concocting, I was concocting ways of like it. Literally, I would have her phone. Like her, her phone would charge on my side of the bed. I would have her phone and my phone, and then I would have a laptop. All three, just to try to get something. Well, lo and behold, uh, um, I get an email from Sony Direct. Sony Direct, literally, you know, they would send out emails to people to give you the opportunity to buy it. And I was like, it's never, I'm never going to get one. I, you know, as many, I have the PS2, the P3, the P4, you know, I'm a, all my games are all digital. So Sony has all my money. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a PlayStation Plus member, so they get so much money out of me a year. 
how do I, I'm never going to get one. So I'm literally just checking my email at work and I literally scanned past it. And I'm like, PlayStation. <gasps> and then it was like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, which <laughs> we'll talk about. Well, I will get to that at a later yeah. day. But yeah. I felt like Charlie, when he opened up and saw that, that ticket, like mm-hmm. if someone could play that, like that mute, that noise in the back, like at that moment, that's how I felt. Yes. Yes. Like I literally texted my wife while she was at work. OMG. 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 Just repeatedly. And she thought something was wrong. She said, oh my gosh, what's going on? Are you okay? And I couldn't get that. I was shaking. I was like, I need it. I, I, I need it. I, I have it. I checked my account. I didn't have it. <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't have it monetarily wise, but my wife thankfully helped me out. I was like, here, you, re- you remain patient. This is your golden opportunity. So FOMO and market manipulation definitely kicked me in the butt for PS5 because... You know, that's yeah, yeah. So all right, well, so I think we should probably wrap it up here because even with this second part and our technical difficulties, I think we're looking at almost probably an hour and a half. Um, so um, I just want to go ahead and um, thank everybody that uh, if you're listening to this particular episode, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're still awake or whatever it might be sorry it was such a long one but this was actually one episode that kevin and i and actually a lot of other people uh were looking forward to because it's just it's such a good topic to talk about and you can't just skip over it because it is definitely part of it but um yeah this is like that episode on this is like that one episode in a tv series that's more serious than the others and you're like, oh, I didn't really get to laugh that much. <laughs> so, and, and so more likely next episode for episode seven, you know, which isn't titled or even, you know, done yet. But, um, you know, it'll probably be more on the happier spectrum. So uh, definitely it'll be a total 180. But we just had to get this one out. It was definitely one I was looking forward to. And honestly, I knew it was going to be a long episode. But um I just, again, I want to appreciate anybody that's been listening to Kevin and my uh, podcast here um, so far. Um, this is episode six. You know, I, I feel like we've got probably maybe like three or four ep- more episodes like on the book so far for this podcast. But um, before we go ahead and conclude this and end this episode, uh, Kevin and I wanted to go ahead and just let everybody know uh, last episode. Uh, we did mention that we were possibly going to be doing something different. So we are actually going to be starting up a second podcast. Um, it'll be a different podcast channel. It won't be in conclusion with this. Um, but we set up a completely different podcast and a different link and everything. And so that actually is going to be titled Everyone Views. Uh, so... Kevin and I will actually be going in depth with like movie and TV type kind of stuff. Uh, Kevin and I both have uh, 
put some ideas down and uh kevin went off the rocker a little bit he's got probably about 30 ideas and where i've got like 12. i have um, enough to where we can do season one and season two of it right yeah so we definitely split it up so in, in that podcast uh you know i told kevin we needed to expand our uh audience you know, like I said, and obviously with this being our first podcast, we don't have that much of an audience, but I do appreciate anybody that has been listening. Um, I know I've been talking to people, Kevin's been talking to people, and um, we are still actively trying to get some uh, people, collectors on this show to talk about their stuff. And we're hoping we can get that done. It's just, you know, we, we're, we got to try and find the right people, the time, you know, the people that are actually comfortable doing it not always easy for everybody to you know put on a headset or earbuds and start talking and stuff so we are still trying actively to get people involved on the show to talk um so you guys don't have to listen to me and kevin uh drag on for hours on end but um <laughs> but yeah so everyone needs to just look forward to our second podcast um uh, once it's actually up and done um we will start sharing it with everybody um and um yeah, we'll 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 share the link to it and stuff on this podcast, so you can always jump over to it. But it's still going to be in the same kind of thing with the everyone type kind of by the title. But yeah, we're going to be talking about movies and shows, and I mean, there's a lot we can talk about. So, with that, um, Kevin, do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we end this episode? No, just uh, be on the lookout for. The new show, um, I think it will definitely um, show another side of us. Um, you know, obviously collecting is huge for us, but for me, when I'm not collecting things or if I'm not on my phone trying to look for collectibles, I'm also watching a good movie or you know, watching a good television show or I have watched a good television <laughs> show or movie, you know, or there's, you you guys will find out that <laughs> there's a lot more movies that everyone has seen, but not this guy. So, you know, you guys will, you guys will get a kick and you guys will say, what the hell? How has he never seen this movie? So, you know, that's another fun part that I look forward to doing is, you know, watching what's all the hoopla about. Watching Top Gun for the first time. You know what I mean? Watching Lord of the Rings, etc., etc. Yep. The world is our palm tree with this new podcast. So, yep. yes, that's all I got to say. All right. Well, we're Kevin and I are going to go ahead and end that uh, before we bore you all. But uh, as I always say on this podcast... Start collecting, keep collecting, don't ever stop collecting. Good night, Have a good